Merry Christmas, every, everybody, again. We're, we're actually today, we're finishing up a series we've been doing all, all December long called Advent. Advent just means the coming, coming of Christ, the first coming of Christ. And some of you maybe grew up in a church that's a little more liturgical, you know, kind of like a little bit more formal. I didn't, but a lot of people, a lot of people did. Maybe you did. And so you would like light a, a candle every week uh, on an Advent wreath. Again, I didn't do this. We, our, our family, what we would do is we would, we had an Advent calendar where you have the little, the little doors that you open up. Every, how many of you have an Advent calendar that you use? It's great. I really recommend it. It was so fun doing that with the kids. Our kids are too old now to do that, but when they were little, we had so much fun opening up the little door and seeing what was in there, and then we'd read a scripture verse about it. And, but some people had wreaths as well, and you'd light a candle for every, for every week, and the, each candle would represent a different word that comes from sort of the, the Christmas story, words that you probably have around the house right now in your decorations. So in week one, we talked about hope, the fact that, that Jesus was the hope, the Messiah. He was the hope of Israel, that Israel in the Old Testament, Israel's like, we're, we're hoping that someday some king would come and would deliver us and make our nation, the nation of Israel, great again. And that's who Jesus was. Jesus was that king. The difference is he wasn't an earthly king. He was a king who set up his rule in our hearts. And so that was week one. And then in week two, the word was peace. And in in Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom, which, which means more than just peace. It actually means wholeness. It means reconciliation. We talked in week two, two about how Jesus gives us wholeness and reconciliation, that, that Jesus reconciles us, that when we are reconciled with God, when we have a right relationship with God, then it allows us to have a, a right relationship with ourselves. Because if, if God forgives us through Jesus, then we can forgive ourselves and forgiven people can be forgivers, and that's how reconciliation around us works. That if, if when we're right with God and when, when we're right on the inside, that makes for better relationships. We're gonna talk more about that in January, so come back as we talk about relationships and, and emotional health in the month of January. And then last week, we, did, we talked about joy, and we talked about the fact that joy isn't actually fundamentally a feeling, but that joy is a decision, that you have to make a decision to be joyful. You have to make a decision to trust God's promises over the problems in your life. And so that's what we talked about last week. And today we're gonna finish up with the last word, which is love. And really the question for today is, what is love? What is love? Everyone uses the word love, and, and, and so many people have this concept in their language. In fact, I wanna just, on the count of three, I want you to tell, I want you to tell me something you love. Get it in your head. Get in your head, something you love, something you love, on the count of three. One, two, three. All right, I, I heard football. That, was, that would have been my thing as well. I don't know if I heard tacos, but I love tacos. I love tacos as well. So those are some things that you love. Okay, how about on the count of three, this could get us in trouble, but on the count of three, I want, you to, I want you to shout out someone you love. Someone you love. On the count of three, parents, make a decision. Who's your favorite? You gotta make a decision right now. One, two, three. Okay, I, you'll, I'm gonna let you guys hammer that out on the way home today from church. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that we have like, 
we have this same, we have this word love and we talk about like, I love tacos and I love Tracy. Like I say those, I say both of those, I love tacos and I love Tracy. Like is, is, that, is there any way that that's the same thing? Some of you are like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's how much I love Tracy, you know? See what I did there? Okay. The Bible actually tells us though what love is about. First John chapter four, verse, verse seven, it says this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, I, I Googled it this week. God is, you can do this on, on your phone. You could say, say God is, and then leave it blank and see what it suggests for you. Here are the top three suggestions when I did it earlier this week. God is a woman. That's not true. Number two, God is a Scottish drag queen. I have no idea what that is a reference to, but that's what came up. I, I asked some younger people, like, am I gonna get in trouble for saying that up here? And nobody even knows what, I asked our youth pastor, I'm like, what the heck is that? He's like, I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Somebody's gonna have to tell me afterwards why that comes up in a Google search. And the third one, God is mean. That, like, that's what, Google search, the way Google search works is just, it's just like, whatever's most popular out there, whatever's most searched out there, Google, what Google does is it serves up our opinion to us. That's what it does. It serves up our opinion to us. It serves up popular culture. Popular culture thinks God is a woman or a Scottish drag queen or God is mean, but the Bible says God is love. The Bible teaches us that God is love. The most fundamental thing about God is that he is love. That we wouldn't even know love except for the fact that God is love. And that's why we have a verse like this, 1 Corinthians 13. I read this at every wedding that I do. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, it does not demand its own way, it is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. I get really irritable in two key situations. Number one, when I'm doing work around the house. And my, my son and I, we've done some, some uh, updates in, in the basement this week, and I realized that he is his father's son. <laughs> because he gets just as irritable as I do. And I'm like, AJ, it is so good that you went to college and you don't have to actually work for a living <laughs> because we're not good at this. Like we get so irritable, we get so irritable. The other situation is when I'm driving behind someone who's driving like it's Sunday. That drives me so crazy. Now, I control myself in that situation because they might go to our church, you know? <laughs> But I love that it says that, that love keeps no record of being wrong. Man, isn't it so easy to just keep a record of being wrong? And you get bitter. Isn't it so easy to, to be impatient or to be unkind? Isn't it so easy to be jealous or boastful or proud? See, this is what the Bible teaches us is that love is not those things. That God is love. So everything that we see in this list is what is what's a part of the character and nature of God. It goes on, it says, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. 
Love never gives up, it never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's what love is. And again, the Bible says God is love. God is all of these things. I don't know what you think about when you think about God, but, but some of you, maybe you think, I think God's mean. I think God's angry at me. I think God's demanding. I don't know what you would fill in the blank with, but, but today I want you to know that God is love. And here's how he showed it. Let's go back to 1 John chapter four. Verse nine, it says, but God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. That's how God showed his love. That's why the fourth advent calendar is love because it's Jesus, this manger scene that we see here. This is the expression of God's love. How many of you know what your love language is? Raise your hand if you know what your love language is. A lot of people have heard of love languages. Well, one of God's love languages is gift giving. It's actually my lowest. It's the lowest on my list. I'm terrible at giving gifts. In fact, a little bit later tomorrow, our kids are gonna be opening up, up the gifts under the tree and they're gonna look at me and they're gonna say, thank you so much. And we'll be like, I'm seeing it for the first time too. <laughs> thank your mother. Because Tracy's a much better, get good thing she's a good gift giver. But, but God, God's love language, actually he has all the love languages. But on Christmas, his love language that we think about is gift giving, that God the Father gave his son that's what the manger is all about, is it's about this ultimate gift that he gave us, the hope, the messianic hope that we have in Jesus. And then verse 10 says this, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See, Christmas, Christmas is about Easter. You can't do Christmas without Easter. If we had no Easter, if we didn't have grown-up Jesus, going to the cross, dying on the cross for our sins, and we wouldn't be here celebrating and singing all these songs about baby Jesus. The reason baby Jesus is so meaningful to us is because, because God sent his son to die for us so that we could have salvation, so that we could have hope, so that we could have peace, so that we could have joy. That's what love is about. That's why love is the last candle that we light in Advent. Some of you are thinking, okay, wait, I'm supposed to love him. It's about how much I love him, but, but that's what every other religion says. Every other religion is about how much you can love God, but Christianity is all about how much God loves you. That's why this verse says that not that we loved God. Some of you might be here today with carrying a little sense of shame and guilt, like I don't know if I'm worthy enough for God. I don't know if I've earned enough of God's love. I want you to hear this today. You cannot earn God's love. You can't earn it. Some people think that they have to, and then they work their whole life trying to earn God's love. You can't earn God's love. This is the good news of the gospel. The gospel says that not that we loved him, but that he loved us. You can't give him a gift. You can't serve him. All the love languages you might try to give him, you can't give him anything that would earn his love. It's a pure gift. Jesus is the gift of God for us at Christmas. And if you're here today and if that's news to you, man, I, I hope you'd come back next week and come back in January as we continue to explore what it means that God loved us and that we can love him and we can be in a relationship with him. That's what we talk about here every Sunday. We'd hope you'd join us as we continue to explore the God of love from the Bible. Would you pray with me today? 
Father, I thank you that you are so generous to us that you would give your one and only son to us so that, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have life. Jesus, thank you that you came, you took on flesh, and that you came and, and you were born into, into a stinky manger, and you lived among a sinful people, an unworthy people, and you did that so that we could be reconciled, so that we could have a relationship with you. Today, Lord Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you for being born into the world. We celebrate that today, 2,000 years ago. Thank you for going to the cross and settling the score, for nailing our sins to the cross. And I pray for anyone who's here today who maybe just today they needed to hear that. They needed to hear that you are a God of love. Thank you for your love, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be able to receive it, even though we can't give it, but that we would be receivers of it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.